Hi, listeners. Thanks for tuning in to Our Right Stories, a podcast created and developed by the Just Right Scotland team with your host, Natalia. Today's episode is part two of our Scottish Anti-Trafficking and Exploitation Center feature with our special guest, Anusha. She will tell us more about the center itself, the work that the center does, and some of the current projects, as well as highlighting the ethos of what JRS does and how that work plays into the SATAC, Scottish Anti-Trafficking Exploitation Center. So today we have Anusha from the Scottish Anti-Trafficking and Exploitation Center. Hi, Anusha. Hello. Welcome to Our Right Stories. Um, For our listeners that don't know, can you kind of tell us a little bit more about the center that you work for? Okay. So I am a senior associate solicitor, um, lawyer, uh, working in the Scottish Anti-Trafficking and Exploitation Center. So I'm currently doing the kind of day-to-day lead on it and with the overall um, direction through Andy who is you know, a legal director. And what we do at the centre, um, probably easier to say what we don't do, but <laughs> I will tell you what we do. Um, so essentially what we are is that we're the only um, legal centre in Scotland um, that provides legal representation, advice and assistance and support to people who've been affected by trafficking and exploitation um, who are found in Scotland, and when I mean found in Scotland, I mean are in, based in Scotland at that point when we link in, and it is irrespective of age, gender, nationality, type of exploitation they've experienced and or where they've experienced that exploitation. And it is providing a whole gamut of legal support, but also social support and just a lot of other work that we do around it because the focus is really to support the recovery of those who've experienced trafficking and exploitation and to kind of provide them with long-term outcomes, resolve issues and um, try to kind of improve the situation for people in Scotland. Yeah. I mean, you mentioned one thing and uh, just to get some clarification, you say when they're based in Scotland, do you mean like Scottish citizens or just anyone based in Scotland? I mean, geographically located in Scotland because, you know, we're lawyers and I practice in Scots law and the work that we do is legal aid funded when we are doing that kind of legal representation. Um, So they have to be in Scotland in order to be um, provided that service. You kind of hit like a wide range of things that you do. And you mentioned that it's the only specialist legal project in Scotland and has been classed as a model of the best practice by the Organization of Security and Cooperation in Europe, or OSCE. Um, Can you expand a little bit more on what this means and what this is? I think um, if you look in the National Referral Mechanism Handbook, okay, so now I'll take you a step back. (laughs) So in the UK, there is a framework for identifying um, victims of trafficking or modern slavery, that's another umbrella term that's used, um, in order to provide them with support and assistance that they need. Well, that's the idea. And it's supposed to be a multi-agency um, organi- uh, multi-agency framework with people from different walks. You have the identifying individuals, the police, support systems, lawyers, etc., social work, healthcare, all coming together in order to can provide the holistic support and identification mechanism. Now, that's not how it works in the UK. Um, what we have is the Home Office has that kind of administrative function of this National Referral Mechanism, or NRM. And it is through 
that that we have a formal process for individuals being identified as victims of trafficking or exploitation um, in the UK. And the OSCE, the work that it does, it's you know, it's like the Organisation for Security and Cooperation in Europe. It's essentially it is um, it is about the security and cooperation in Europe, about democratisation, about um, minority rights, about human rights, about military those kind of coordinations and a lot of kind of oversights and missions that they have. And part of that was that they were developing a handbook on the NRM and what that should look like, okay? And um, predecessor, well, our partner kind of and founder, um, Kersley Thompson, she was instrumental in doing that. And if anyone wants to have a good read about it, you can Google the OSCE. NRM handbook, but it was within that, in line with what would be a model NRM, what would be the best kind of thing we can put forward, and it's within that context that um, we were identified as the model that's um, providing this wide range of support and service. So it's not just being, you know, legal advisors to a group of people. You know, I know there's certain organisations will focus on children, others will focus on women who've experienced sexual exploitation or commercial sexual exploitation, but we, do, we, we don't have that restriction. It's really wide range. And it isn't just legal advice. It's about trying to improve the situation as well. And that means supporting other civil society, working together and learning from each other what's the best way to kind of come together and put our strengths together to make the situation better, to try to facilitate you know, um, people who are in those situations to be able to access their rights. And I say access their rights, it's about having human dignity, it's about ha- being able to um, start a life which has has a different ambition and aspiration and for us to be there to support that as much as we can through that journey and to kind of set that, the, the foundations really. And the difficulty with that is that... Um, Majority of our, our clients we work with are um, forced migrants, and while they'll have they'll be coming out of this exploitation situation, either recovered. We don't say rescued because that's not how our um, how, how our clients present to us or how they describe it because they're just from a terrible situation, a completely unknown situation as well. So it's about um, they recovered. They are then brought this new problem of immigration that block or being identified or being accessed to services so that you know a lot of the time we're kind of trying to remove that block um but and that is the, the short-term outcomes that we call them but then because SATEC has that flexibility and it's kind of been always there in SATEC or the Scottish Anti-Trafficking and Exploitation Centre so it's fondly called SATEC by me and many others I'm sure um it is able to kind of engage in that further journey so we have a peer support um program where we have experts by experience and consultants who are who are survivors of um that form of exploitation of trafficking and they're now further down in their recovery journey you know they've just they're still you know they say you know you never you never leave it it never leaves you but it's not your every day and they're further down you know they've gone to university quite Want buying the new house, driving everything, and for them to be able to engage with um, people who are now just very like starting that journey, so they have some form of leave to have that stability. Starting that journey to understand what it is like to be living in Scotland. What do you need to know? Where do you go? And those are all things that you know me, the practitioner, the professional, never going to know. You know, I'll Google 
you know, the Citizens Advice Bureau, for example. Oh, that's too close to your house, you go there. But the people that we work with, they're, you know, our consultants are very much like, yeah, they don't know anything about refugees. The biggest thing is actually that we see in those moments is that they're just inspired by it. Like, oh, you know, oh, I'm speaking to a graduate. Oh, I think I can do my college now. Thank you. And you're like, well, it's 10 minutes. It's supposed to be for an hour, you know. And they're like, this is amazing. And it's just that, that, that example, that person in front of them saying, look, I could do it. You can do it. And really being kind of, yeah, just having those aspirations and talking them through. And it's just, um, it's just lovely. And I just sit in the, in the corner taking all the notes and then go do the admin work. <laughs> <laughs> so for me, it is, you know, it's just such a, it's such an amazing thing to be part of because we always just see that first bit or used to see that first bit. Now we're seeing years down the line of how things are working out. Yeah, it's good. I think that's so powerful as well. And I think it's so good that, I mean, um, I think Antonia and Iman also mentioned this previously, but again, it's bringing in that like, legal expertise and you're able to help them in that capacity but then also creating that network of people that have a lived experience of, di- of going through their journey like you were mentioning and being at different parts and I guess reinstilling that kind of hope that they're able to move and and not to limit themselves based mm-hmm. on the experience they have been through and I think that in itself like you were saying is so powerful honestly I'm getting worked up <laughs> I, I, it's, I can't I can't talk about you know of course you know kind of say my eyes always get teary because it's just um it's just a, it's just a wonderful thing that we're able to do, and you know, we deliver a lot of training for the supporters. You know, they're not left on their own to feel concerned, and they're the ones. You know, they they devise the training. We kind of have the framework and work together, and say, well, these are going to be things that you need to know. You need to have access to um, psychological support if that's needed. You know, I'm not gonna get someone upset. And they don't talk, it's not about talking about the exploitation. It's not about talking about any of those things. Those things kind of come up in the conversation when people feel comfortable. And it's not about the details, but it's like, I just feel sad. And, but now I see you and you're not sad. And it's like, well, I feel sad for you. Those kind of things, those mm. conversations, you know. And, but we're not going to put that on anyone that they're going to not have that support afterwards, that debrief, the access to um, the counseling and, you know, we've got Endrick Trust has provided us uh, with a grant and all of it goes to to the people we're working with. None of it's for us. It's not to pay any wages or anything. It's all about paying for their time, paying, you know, for their expertise, paying for childcare, paying for travel, doing all that kind of thing to make sure that everyone has that opportunity and also valuing them because, you know, it's... It's difficult working in this sector and it's all still continues to remain and we want to hear the difficult stories. We want to hear how awful it was. We want to hear what happened, you know? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter. It just didn't need to justify themselves to have a seat at the table. They are, they are, it's their table mm-hmm. and we're the ones trying to get a seat at that. And it's, it's, it's difficult for people, you know? Even people then when they're supporters, our consultant, she was talking about, oh, actually, you know, I thought I'd moved on from that time. But eight years later, I'm seeing someone, I'm like, I look like that. I look like that. And he brings it back. And then I, and I was like, well, let's link you in with the counselling. She said, no, no, I don't need that. It was just really good, though, when I went home. And then I looked at myself and I, was, I said, oh, but I don't look like that anymore. And look at all the things I've done. 
And of course, you know, I'm just like green. <laughs> Going, yeah, you're amazing. Thank you so much for continuing to work with us, you know. Yeah, I think that's so important. And I think also having a solicitor that cares is also really important and, and being able to kind of make your clients feel comfortable throughout their journey at any point and then allowing yourself to also be in hold that space for them. Um, yeah, so that's absolutely amazing. So I think but that I think that overall, like for JRS, that's what it's about. It's like actually caring and actually seeing the people that you're working with as as you or your peers or you know that's it's it's not a kind of hierarchy trying to create it's very much trying to create that equality. but of course it's these are artificial there is a hierarchy that automatically comes because you know you're the lawyer and things but it's trying to kind of break through that make the person feel comfortable and sometimes you know clients do want you to be like a lawyer a professional you know like that. <laughs> then it's being that and working with them and making them feel comfortable. When we talk about that trauma-informed thing. It's like from the moment you get in touch, you know. It's knowing, you know, that the person's traumatized, not being fearful of that. You may have trauma, but it is creating the space for them. It's like an artificial sense of space that you actually do try to create because we have deadlines to meet that are created externally and we have to meet them. And, you know, if it does, if we don't meet those, you know, it's nest, you know, essentially the client may get penalized for that. So it's trying to create that sense of space, trying to create that sense of comfort, that trusted relationship, you know, making sure that physically they're feeling um, comfortable, be mindful of breaks, mindful of the language that you use. I know that before you were talking about jargon and things like that, you know, when I said NRM, the National Referral Mechanism, it's just, it's just not accessible at all. Like no one knows, <laughs> and no one work, who's not working, it's like, that does not indicate anything, mm-hmm. what I would think that is. And while it's a system there, that is to benefit people who've been trafficked. It's not a language, the language is not accessible by them. So they're like, just another thing that we don't know. But it's about trying to break that down using language that is easily translatable and there's the language need rather than, you know, saying um, substantive interview or, you know <laughs> what I mean, or, or, um, or anything. It's breaking that down and then explaining what it is, what it's going to look like, you know. Um, being conscious of all the different responsibilities that we have, you know, knowing how trauma can impact on sleep, you know, it's not mm. like... I remember someone saying, you know, you lawyers, you know, make the nine o'clock appointment, <laughs> you know, like how I have not slept. I'm like, okay, we will see you at 4 p.m. <laughs> from now on. <laughs> That's how we learn. And it's about being able to open those conversations as well, that they can turn around and say, mm, yeah, this is not working for me. And you go, okay, thank you. I'm glad you can assert your rights. I've done something good here. Yeah, no, I think that's so important. And I mean, you hit a lot on the peer support program that, you know, SACTAC does do. I'm kind of curious if there are any other kind of projects that are going on in the center. Um, so the thing about SACTAC, as I said, it's like the flexibility, adaptability, and we can pick up work and other things. So we have our longstanding projects, which is the early legal intervention um, surgeries and it's because it's really important part of that is also why it's the best practice modeling you know, making sure people get access to their information that they need they are in they are going through a legal process it's important that they have legal rights and they know that because they want to and have more idea of their options of course it can be complicated and takes a while for people to understand things but you need to start and that's something that we provide it's free it's um, confidential and it's about people who their concerns have been exploited. Um, 
victims of trafficking for us to kind of get in ask as answer any questions, explain the different processes that are there. And I should like, I know this should have been a bit earlier, but I do kind of use victim and survivor interchangeably. Victim is very much the legal term, survivor, and the social element there. But uh, when I was, this is something that we've run past, our consultants and the clients as well, and some of many much said like victim survivor is better for me because I was a victim and I don't want, and it took me time to understand that. And now I'm a survivor because I'm doing this. And the idea that trafficking is a crime, that you're a victim of crime, that's not known or felt. And there is that importance for someone to know that they have been a victim of a crime. It's not their fault those things happened, but now they're surviving that. So your question was, what projects are we involved in? Right, so we have the early legal intervention surgeries and those run, they were um, started off the pilot in partnership with Tara, the Traffic and Awareness Raising Alliance, um, who've been long-term partners with JRS and with, with staff here and SATIC. And that was about referring uh, women that they are supporting to that surgery to get that initial advice and information before they are referred to this NRM or before they claim asylum, if that's a thing, or before they engage with reporting to the police, if that's a thing that they want to do. So they know what to expect. They know where the information's going to go. They need to know it has to be informed consent, you know, and you can withdraw from different processes. But, you know, what could happen next? How long things may take, you know, I had people saying, well, if I report to the police, then they'll be doing this and this. And then I've been caught in like two weeks. I'm like, that's not, you know, the witness, I'm like, that, that's not, that's not how that's going to happen, you know, mm-hmm. until managing. But being able to do that and then that expanded with migrant help and migrant help trafficking and exploitation services or TES, I say that. Um, and they have the remit to provide support and assistance to victims of trafficking in Scotland who aren't the ones that fall within the remit of Tara. So Tara, it's about uh, women over the age of 18 who've been subjected to commercial sexual exploitation. And for migrant help, it's all adults separate from that. So we started linking in with them and started having the surgery with them as well. But now the funding has come, because it's always funded through this organisation, now the funding's come to us, so we're really just opening up as much as we can um and part of it is you know when we have inquiries about representation or assistance and you know people might not quite understand what trafficking means and all those kinds of things so we can link in through the surgeries to see if we are actually well suited for that is it us that you need the intervention from um or is there someone else and you can kind of do that and uh, provide that service it's much wider reaching we also now have linked in with the organisations doing second tier advice and we do it informally because we want it to be flexible um, it's important that we're able to have flexibility you know so the set times like Tuesday afternoon or on a Thursday morning but it can be throughout the week and whatever actually suits that other person as well because it's you know, they're like I'm working at this time okay we will call you late at seven is that okay like okay that kind of thing so Mm-hmm. I think like flexibility, like you're saying, is so important. Um, and building on that as well with the surgeries, um, how can people get in contact with the center if they need it? Um, you can find us online, I say that. Um, I know the numbers are there. Normally what we have um, is a referral mechanism through like different organizations. And because the way that Just Fight Scotland is positioned and the way that we, all the different centers are positioned and what we're set up to do is to kind of really be able to meet the needs of those people right at the edge, you know, 
of um, society who are going to need that additional support. Um, people who are, you know, experience severe trauma and they are still going through those situations, complexities of their cases, you know, all those things. That's what we are here for. Statics no different. We are here to kind of do those cases, like help with those cases, to represent individuals in those situations because we can create that space. We can think of different things. You know, you don't need to give the statement, but you've been really close to the social work and maybe they can talk. You know, doing all that stuff to try and have that trauma informed, you know, trying to keep that that space for that person. And so that's the way it comes through. But, you know, of course, someone can always get in touch to the website. I know people um, will um, get through get inquiries and we always get back. Always get back and always we'll speak to someone because you just, you know, it's someone reaching out. And we'll always make time for someone reaching out and asking for help. Mm-hmm. No, I think that's really important. And I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that at the end. Um, you've kind of have given really good examples already throughout. But can you also give us another example of how the center has supported um, through trauma-informed and holistic support approach people who have experienced trafficking and or exploitation? Looking at this question and... I was thinking about how automatic it is now. So not just saying that I've been here, but it's, you know, it's, I've been working in the sector, enforced migration, advisory or support roles since like 2005. So it's just building on all those things. I know that other people have been doing for a long time. So you kind of, it's just so second nature. So it's kind of making notes, trying to break it down, you know. And when we had that trauma informed, I know I, as you said, I did touch upon it. It is about, the way the person's treated, how to create that space, how to respect them, meet the needs for their person to know that you're there. And part of that is also supporting in other ways. That's not just the legal things, you know. Um, it's being mindful of the communications. What one of my clients, she, she just sends me voice notes. That's fine. <laughs> we just we just communicate with voice notes, you know. Um, because she's not literate in, you know, to the, or she worries about being able to do that. Another client's like emojis all the time. <laughs> so it's quite sweet. Um, I do have to call back and say I don't quite understand the emoji because it's smiling and then it's also sad and then it's smiling again. <laughs> and that one was, oh, I, um, I thought I'd lost my bank card, but I hadn't. So I was like, okay, what's the first smiley face? It was a good day. I'm like, okay, that's right. It's good to know. Um, but it is other things as well, you know, you We'll link in. Um, we don't necessarily signpost or direct someone just to go there. You know, we'll link them in. We'll make appointments for people, make an appointment with doctors, trying to link in with even opticians, try and make those appointments, checking up once someone has been to something, you say, how did it all go? How did it do this? Um, what's the most recent thing? Oh, I'm helping um, and our clients with um, an issue with the neighbour who's complaining about her. So that's me getting involved in that. And um, trying to advocate with the housing association because for her, she said, you know, I was moving on. You know, she's a refugee. She's moving on. Still working with some of the legal things with her, but she's saying, you know, I was moving away from my tribe. I thought, you know, but now this person's complaining about the noise and calling police, and I, I can't sleep. And my saying, my daughter who's three is making too much noise, and there isn't that, and they keep coming, and I, I just can't. I just can't. Like, I just don't feel safe, and that's a big thing. I don't feel safe. So it's trying to be involved in that. Um, other people, you know, today working with Iman and a client that she's been um, doing lots of amazing work with in relation to 
trying to get a LinkedIn with social work again, trying to get her LinkedIn with um, counselling and healthcare because it was a position where she was very supported and then that finished and boom, she's moved on and she just can't, um, um, can't keep, can't, she can't help feeling really abandoned. And it is, you know, and for her, even though she is managing to do certain things and you go, well, I can see from your phone, you've made this appointment, done that. She needs someone to reflect that back because everything is just scary. You know, when you do something that's stressful and you're like, I don't know if I did that right. I don't know. I don't know if I filmed that format right. We'll only know when it all goes wrong. <laughs> right. When it gets denied, possibly, I don't know. <laughs> and it's that, and but no one to kind of reflect that back on, you know. Mm-hmm. And so supporting through that conversation, cafe, information, all those kinds of things, trying to get like travel, um, like free travel pass or something to do, and work on that kind of stuff, which isn't, it's not law, you know, but we're the people she trusts. And so we're not gonna say, well, I finished a little bit, so, because that's not what Satek's about, it's all about kind of building that. And also, you know, I know we've all recognized that we have a responsibility to be a person who can be trusted, you know, people are coming from that. It's a, it's a big responsibility and it's a big duty, you know, that we've, we've taken on and we know that it's really important and we, you know, we're the small players really in this and they're the person, you know, our clients are the people who are important and you need to kind of, yeah, I say level up. You need to meet that, you know, you set the bar and you say you're going to do something, you do it. And it's like that. And that trust that you have is really important. And then people reflecting back, you know. Um, There's one client who has been with Kirsty before JRS. That would have been probably 11 years ago. And she kind of moved through JRS, doing citizenship, things like that. It's great. And, you know, Kirsty left last year. And I get, you know, still messages from this client emailing we were talking about some an opportunity to go to parliament that she's got um through a research project that we were supporting in because that's another thing we do support other research projects and to have like lived experience import and expertise by experience that input and i was saying oh, i should go she said, i'm in college I, said, I think they'll let you go you go you know you'll meet mps and she's like oh i'm so glad you said that email to say oh i'm so glad you said that i talked to my college and they said that was fine and they still have my place to go that's so great um tell Kirsty i miss her <laughs> <laughs> and i'm like well that that's that's what it's about that that has been established so much that that will always remain and that's always a positive experience and you try to be a positive experience despite the things that you talk about and the work that have to be negative let's mm-hmm. try to do that but then you have um, like have the support from Iman and Antonia who are really um, interested in that work as well. And but yeah, they're really, um, yeah amazing support. Yeah, Iman and Antonia to kind of do things, and it's about kind of developing those those skills as well. We have that responsibility for the next gen, but developing those skills because you know, say anyone can be a lawyer. To be a good lawyer is different, and then to be like the lawyers that we want to be mm. that's also different and it's about being that human being who knows the law and can help yeah no i think that's really important and i, and I do like that you mentioned because i mean in the previous episode okay. aman and both antonia had mentioned how much the work that we do you all do in sad tech um 
basically had led them to continue doing the work in human rights and has kind of each given them like or inspired them more to continue similar work that you do in SATEC. So yeah, I mean, reinforcing that next gen and, and developing those skills and also making them feel empowered that they can mm-hmm. hold that space as well is is just amazing. Um, but you did mention that you do work with quite a bit of partners, um, Tara being one of them, and then also Migrant Help. Um, could you give us any other examples of partnerships that you work with? Um, we were previously working with um, the Worker Support Center that was kind of setting up uh, a pilot project and we were hosting and providing the legal advice. So that was that set up when the war in Ukraine started and when it became you know, known that there's so many Ukrainians in the UK on seasonal worker visas, especially in Scotland, and for them to be able to access legal advice and assistance and support. And so that was like a formal partnership, but they've started again, they're an independent organization, and we're linking in with them. You know, um, there are formal partnerships and informal partnerships. And the, it would need to be something that's specific, things that we're going to do to make it formal, but we're always there for that. So with the Works Support Centre, it's being open to provide legal advice. They need it, second tier advice. They need that as and when that's needed and be able to reach out. We have, you know, we work with the Guardianship Scotland as well. And I know that the other centres do as well. So some things seem like, you know, when you say partnership, you're going, oh, well, that is, a, that is actually a formal official partnership. <laughs> but it just feels like that, that's how we've always worked. I'm trying to develop um, links with other organisations and uh, being able to share that knowledge. And it's um, it's interesting and it's always new. And there's always more we can do. Yeah. It sounds like um, it's quite, this, at least SADTEC has quite a different range yeah. of like projects and stuff, which is really interesting. Um, on October 18th, 2023, we took part in the EU Anti-Trafficking Day is an awareness day to honor those who have been victims of this terrible crime and to increase awareness of and progress in the fight against it. What are your hopes for Scotland in the future and for SATTEC in particular? Well, Scotland, the world, hope trafficking ends and there's no more SATTEC. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate like, hope. Yeah, yes. the ultimate hope, you know, back in starting the social justice journey was like work like you're putting yourself out of a job but unfortunately that's not quite happening um being realistic i don't know it's it's difficult it's um it's a difficult environment to work in it's a difficult environment for our clients to be in and it's difficult for us to provide that the way the support and reassurance and confidence we want to do because you know we're subject to kind of draconian laws and all that kind of thing so i think that it is very much kind of, I want people to see people. This is people. There are people that have terrible things. People are doing terrible things to other people. And whatever we can is to recognise their dignity, recognise their humanity, the hopes and dreams and the things that they wanted to do and what led to this situation. And um, now when you say that, I just think about like my client's statements and like, because it is, you know, it's people just hoping for something better and it's something small, you know, someone's like, oh, I can maybe earn a little bit of money to support my child and next thing is something else, you know. And these are small, small things, just natural things to what any human being wants and that we shouldn't distinguish between like an administrative situation of, well, you have permission to stay on this bit of land and you don't. 
and therefore you're not human and therefore you can't have dreams while you're, you know, the other side of it's going, have dreams, have aspirations, you can be anything, you know, it's, um, it's not having the hypocrisy, just to kind of welcome that and understand that and also understand that, you know, look, look at people with kindness and compassion, not with suspicion, like to try and take something from you because, and it is, it's just that kind of humanity, I want to see because it's, it's disheartening when people talk about people in numbers or labels and you're like, yeah, but this is what happens and it can happen to, we know it can happen to anyone. You see sudden situations may go, oh, right, okay, so see if we're talking about Ukraine, suddenly there's this situational change, people are now at more risk of being exploited or trafficked, they have to flee, they don't know where they're going and that's what we start seeing, you know, seeing it kind of how it happens in real time, you know, that's been recorded like and... And, you know, that, that's, that's what happens. People don't expect that. They don't know that, you know. And um, yeah, it's just just to kind of recognise the person. Your client saying, you know, I have... I have thank you, you you've me I have value, you know. Another client, the, the little things going, I have no family, but when I come there, I feel like I have family. I'm like, oh, what? No, <laughs> you know, all those things. Oh, I didn't realise. You're so focused on doing other things. But yeah, oh. and it's everyone in JRS, you know, if I have a client come to see me, it's how everyone greets her or him, you know, or them. It's it's that hello and welcoming thing, you know, and it's even, I love leave it, um, you just see how people perk up. Being in this space and being a solicitor in this space, you know, throughout this episode, you've mentioned how difficult it is for your clients as well. And and I would want to reiterate, reiterate, it's probably difficult for you. Um, and I'm kind of curious, how do you kind of cope with being a solicitor in this? And, and what are some kind of like well-being tips, maybe, if you have any, that uh, you kind of do to, to decompress or to take care of yourself? Um, I think make time for your friends and have friends and who are not in this sector, but who share your values and are interested and care about it you know, and we'll share your victories, um, but aren't working in the same thing. Because <laughs> then you can have those conversations and then also you, what you get is that you have people who care about you, you know, when you're often being the person who cares and then you care about them and it's a different way of caring is, you know, it's good in that way. If you have any creative things, like keep trying to do those. I love a project, like a little creative project. And my husband's saying, do you think you can, like, find a job that does that? I said, what, like, you know, baking cakes and making tiny little icing things plus video editing for a bit, writing a song. I don't think that's the job, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like a, you know, but maybe you should go and earn more money so I can stay at home and do my wee projects. But it's, um, it's nice to have that. I have that that I like to do. And um, just silly things with our friends that, I think we're all quite, you know, we're all doing well. We're all a bit showy-offy and we'll do little videos and things. You know, if we're saying goodbye, it's always going to be a bit of a big thing. So you get the opportunity to be creative in a different way. And, um, and yeah, and when I'm like, got a little project, just get consumed in it. I'll stay and do it or paint and I'll do that until that's finished. And it's good because that also works with being a lawyer. Like, right, we'll have to do this until it's finished and then that's done and the next thing to do. Um, but it is good to get out your head. 
uh, out of your kind of lower space and do those things. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Well, thank you so much for joining us on Our Right Stories <laughs> podcast. Um, yeah, it was amazing hearing all the work you do at SadTech. I look forward to keep hearing about it and seeing the amazing work you're doing. And yeah. Thank you so much. Thank you again to Anusha for explaining to us what SadTech does, the importance of their work, and also how to get in touch if you need help. Also, make sure to double check our show notes and social media pages for links to our webpage and contact form, but as well to links to some of the organizations that we work with that were mentioned by Anusha. Like always, listeners, don't forget to like, comment, and share this podcast. Don't forget, you can always listen back to our episodes on our Podbean website, podcast streaming services, and social media pages. We'll catch you next time.